What's going on, everybody? This is Brian Ward of the Dad Up Podcast, the podcast show for dads about dads being dads. I am super excited about the guest that I have on today. But before we get to that, if you have not yet subscribed to my show, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to another episode of Dad Up, everyone. Thank you guys very much for joining. I'm excited for my guest that I have on today. He's become a good friend of mine over the last, I don't know, four, five, six months. Um, he, we kind of, we kind of roll in the same circles, and uh, he's got a podcast himself, and he's just got a, he's just a phenomenal dude. He's got an awesome family, and I want him to share all about it. But I'm really excited to have my good friend John Hewlin on Dad Up. Welcome to the show, brother. Oh, thank you, Brian. I appreciate being here. So excited to be able to talk with you and hopefully shed some insight into how we do things in the Hewlin household. Right. <laughs> well, awesome. For my guests who may not, or my listeners who may not know who you are, let's, mm-hmm. let's kind of dive deep into John and find out, you know, how he, you know, became who he is today, kind of the things that he endured as he became a man, and then also diving right into your family. Obviously, it's the dad podcast, so I want to know about your family as well. So I want to sure. deep dive history into John Hewlin. Okay. Well, wow. How long is the podcast? (laughs) (laughs) I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Uh, Okay. Well, let's see. Um, I was born in St. Louis and my parents couldn't have been more mismatched if they tried. Um, Their marriage was probably destined for failure before it ever started. Um, They were divorced when I was nine. Uh, I went to go live with my dad in another part of the state. My sister stayed with my mom. Uh, in fact, what my sister did, she actually jumped back and forth between parents quite a bit. Um, I never did that, but she did. Uh, let's see. I'm really trying to fast forward through stuff to get to probably more of what's of interest to folks here. Um, when I got to college, my last year of college, I met my who would become my wife, uh, Kristen. It was her first year, my last year of college. And, and this is kind of an important thing, uh, a month before graduation, actually it would have been like two weeks before graduation, uh, my best friend who was my roommate died in a car accident. Mm. And so he was killed, I graduated and I got married. All of that happened in a month. Wow. Yeah, those three things. I mean, to be truthful, the first six months I was married, there's pictures of things I did that I don't remember. There's large portions of my honeymoon I don't remember. Which later I realized was because of the depression and trauma I had gone through because of it, but I didn't know it at the time. It took years to go by for me to be able to figure that kind of stuff out. Hmm. Um, I am divorced now. I've been divorced for almost 12 years. Um, For those of you who are able to see this on YouTube, there's pictures of me with my kids back here. Uh, So that's my son, Ethan. He's 21. Uh, My daughter, Andrea, in the middle, she's 17. And my daughter, Tatum, she's 16. Uh, If you notice a slight uh, hue difference in our complexions, there's a reason for that. Uh, My girls are very pretty brown. And as you can tell, my son and I are a little less brown than them. And so uh, that's part of my journey as a parent is I have adopted. And that's something I actually have to thank my ex-wife for. Because that was her idea. That was a, something that had been implanted in her by God many, many years prior to even her meeting me, is that she wanted to adopt. Um, now, she wanted to adopt a little girl from China, but at the time, we didn't have 18 grand sitting around, let alone the money to pay for two trips to China. 
so we went the route of foster care. So we did foster care to adopt. Um, and the girls are actually half-sisters, so they have the same birth mother. So I'm trying to figure out what else I can tell you about my story. Um, I am an entrepreneur. I have been for over 20 years. Uh, prior to that, I was in the corporate world. I was doing um, IT consulting. And in 2000, I had a contract that ended, and that's when the IT market dried up. And I had a recruiter tell me that I was one of 700 applicants for one job, and it was not likely I was going to get it and I should probably find something else. And so at the time, my then father-in-law had moved one of his businesses into a new building, and he said, you don't have anything else going on. That, I know that sounds horrible, but that's just his way. He didn't mean anything bad by it. He said, you got nothing else going on. Um, you wanna come clean my building? I got two bids to clean it. If you come a dollar under the cheapest one, it's yours. And that is how I started my entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. Believe it or not, I actually still have that particular company now. Um, and it's expanded since then. So uh, to let folks know a little bit more about me, I do have a background in ministry. Uh, I've been in ministry since 1989. I've done a variety of things outside of music ministry and children's ministry. There's not a job in a church I haven't done. Mm. Not one. I've been a senior pastor, associate pastor, executive pastor, youth pastor, church planter. So I've done all different kinds of things. And now when it comes to ministry, what I do mostly is weddings. And that may sound a little weird to people, but I actually dig weddings. And of course, I get weird looks sometimes from people, Brian, because they're like, but you're divorced. Isn't that weird? And they ask me if it's weird for me. It's actually not, because right. I am the most pro-marriage divorce guy you'll ever meet. So there's nothing wrong with the institution of marriage. The problem was my ex-wife and I. Right. So, <laughs> that was the big problem. Uh, but in addition to that, um, I've been a professional speaker for going on 30 years now. I've been a coach for over 25 years. Um, as you mentioned, I am a podcaster. More recently, I've started doing voiceover work, so that's new. And I'm working on my first book, which is called Masculine Revolution, How to Ask for Directions Without Losing Your Man Card. It's, and in it, I talk some about my journey uh, about what led me up to getting divorced and what I could have done to prevent that. Because honestly, Brian, this is my belief. Most divorces are preventable. They are. Um, I won't say it's exclusively on men, but we're a big part of the problem because we're sold a bill of goods, man. We are as young boys. We're told things like boys don't cry and feelings and emotions are for girls. We're told stuff like that. And that's garbage. Because if you want your marriage to be the best that it can be, you have to give your spouse what she needs. And that is, she needs to be able to connect with you on a deep emotional level. You gotta give that to her. That is her oxygen to breathe in the relationship. And when we don't give that to them, they die. Again, something I learned along the way. But the book is based on the F6 formula. I don't know if you've heard me talk about that before. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, for your, for your listeners, the F6 formula is the six areas of a man's life that he tends to struggle in, especially after he gets married. And those happen to be faith, fashion, fitness, food, friendship, and fun. Those six areas. And a lot of the book is based on that. Okay, well, there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really tried to make it as teeny tiny as possible. <laughs> 
Um, okay. So I first want to, I, I want to back up a little bit because you talked about some trauma that you went through um, mm. when you were about to essentially graduate from college and get married. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you think that with your, uh, the troubles that you guys went through as a couple, do you think that it was impacted or do you think it was part of the trauma that you went through was caught, was part of the cause of that? Do you think you were still kind of struggling in, I guess that trauma area and it was really impacting your marriage because that can be a factor. Oh yeah. Yeah, it definitely did. Uh, I found out years later that she had confided in some family members that this guy that I'm married to now is not the same guy I was engaged to. And she thought we were going to get divorced like in that first year. And now that was when I was in my deep depression. But sometime between Thanksgiving and Christmas of that year, which happened to be 94, is kind of when I came out of it. But uh, it certainly had an impact on it. Um, I know years later, she came to me and said, you know, things aren't right between us. You know, we need to get help. And so, and I fought her on that. And not for the reason that most guys do. It's like, oh, I don't want to see a therapist. I don't need a therapist. I didn't say stuff like that. It's because I had an an extremely bad experience as a kid with a therapist. I mean, it was horrible. And I told her about it. And I think that's probably why she didn't push it that hard at that time. But if I had been more in tune to what it meant to be the leader of our relationship, I would have realized she was essentially screaming for help. She didn't scream it, but that's what she was doing. And I should have been paying more attention. I wasn't. The other thing that would have been helpful is I didn't have anybody at that time to guide me through that Mm. stuff. I had no one to help me. I didn't feel like there was anyone I could trust with it, let alone to help guide me through it. So that's something else that's really important to me. That's part of why I do my podcast. I'm writing the book. And it's also why I've got uh, a new mastermind group coming out is to help men with these very things. Mm. Okay, good. Uh, the reason I asked just because you, I mean, you talked about it, um, therapists, you know, having, having a therapist that you and your spouse go to, uh, you know, I'm a firm, I'm a, I'm a big believer in it because you know, my wife and I see, we call her our marriage coach. Uh, she's yeah. a licensed, she is a licensed therapist but she's a marriage coach for us. Nice. And we see her uh, about once a month um, mm. and we do it, you know, not for the sake of the issues that we have in our, in our marriage. We do it. So we don't have those issues. Yes. And yes. Um, don't get me wrong. We still have our little, you know, our little <laughs> headbutts, right? We still yeah. have our little arguments, our little uh, disputes, uh, disagreements, things like that. But with this coach that we have, because of the things that we've learned from her over the years, we've been seeing her for years, uh, the yeah. things that we've learned from her over the years, we are able to uh, get through those little hiccups that we have. Right. Everybody's, I mean, when you're living with somebody for, you know, 24 uh, seven, you're <laughs> going to have issues and uh, oh, for sure. we have our share and now we just, we know how to handle them. Um, there's, there, there are still, uh, sessions that we sit down with our marriage coach and we go, look, we had a disagreement this week, or we had a disagreement a couple weeks ago, and this is how it went. And this is how we handle it. What do you think? And then she'll mm-hmm. give us our, our, her opinion. She's like our coach. Yeah. Um, so it, for all the dads and moms that may be listening to this, that, that may be having issues in the marriage, you know, that does impact your kids. 
Um, and so it's, you have to be careful with that. And I would highly recommend seeking out uh, a marriage coach because like anybody in life, you want to go to the gym and get in good shape. You hire a trainer. You want to, um, you know, look at all the professional athletes out there. They all have coaches, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, your, your son or daughter that's playing in a high school sport, they have a coach. Um, all these different things we have coaches for, uh, like you said, personal development too. We have personal development coaches. Yes. Um, why not have a marriage coach, right? So, Oh, uh, for sure. You know, and the thing that I would tell people about this, especially for the men listening, this is really important. And for ladies, you can share this with your men. If you're somehow really kind of hesitating about doing this therapy thing, I'm going to make it real simple for you. Think about it like a car. When you start to hear a noise you're not used to hearing, if you get it checked out right away, it's going to cost you a lot less money then than it will later if you ignore it or pretend it's not there. The longer you wait, the more expensive it becomes. The longer you wait in your marriage, I mean, I'm being real practical. The more expensive it becomes, and I'm not just talking about therapy. I mean, as my attorney told me, it is cheaper to keep her. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Just telling you how it is. All right. So let's shift gears a little bit. Okay. Because I love the fact that you guys fostered um, two Mm -hmm. girls. Uh, I love that. Uh, It's something, to be honest, it's something that my wife and I have talked about for years. Um, my two sons are, you know, they're older, as you know, they're 23 and 20 and yeah. we have considered fostering kids and it's just not something I have kind of gotten my head around yet. Um, mm-hmm. I I'm kind of looking forward to kind of going into that next phase of our marriage where our boys are completely gone and, and we're yeah. these empty nester people looking sure. forward to possible grand grandkids someday. Um, yeah. but what, 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 why that decision? What made you go there? I mean, for parents, and this is really for moms and dads that may be watching this or listening to this to that may be struggling with that same issue. Like, do we foster or not? Why did you guys make that decision? What was important to it about it, about it for you guys? Well, the first thing I'll say is I guess I don't know a better way to say it than this. It has to be a calling from God to do it. It absolutely has to be because there's there's no halfway when it comes to fostering. Now, first of all, we also knew our intention was foster care to adopt. Now, that's different maybe than some people. Some people, they just want to do foster care, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying that's what we wanted to do. We wanted our son, who at the time was four, uh, wanted him to have siblings, but we also knew we wanted anybody that we that we were going to bring into our family to be younger than him. So we knew we wanted a child three years or younger. Um, so that certainly played into it. But as far as foster care as a whole is concerned, um, if you think that's something that may be of interest to you, wherever you live, go check it out. Um, I know they have informational meetings all the time, and typically they'll bring in parents who have done foster care before to talk to you about that, to tell you about their stories. And sometimes they'll bring in their, the kids they foster with them. Sometimes, not always. Um, I'll also prepare you for this. When you decide, yes, this is something we're supposed to do. When you go through the training that's required for it, most of the training involves case studies. Typically the case studies are not of babies. They're not. They're of older kids. And some of the most horrific things you can think of are what these case studies are comprised of. Mm. So 
be prepared for the fact that it's going to be extremely emotionally exhausting each time. I mean, I know for us, we had to, after we went through it, we had to go into the car and almost like cry every time and just kind of work through some of the emotional stuff before we could even drive home. Mm. So just be prepared for that. So yes, it is wonderfully fulfilling. It is, but there are tough, tough things that go along with it. So that's, you have to kind of remember that. Yeah. Um, well, I love that. I love that you'd mentioned that it's really got to be a calling from God. It's not really a decision you make. It's got to be something that, that he's telling you, Hey, this is a, this is something you should do. Um, but I want to kind of dive cause you already had a son. Yes. So for, you know, I have, I have friends, I, you know, Shay Hillenbrand, a good friend of mine, he's, he, he already had a child yet they continued to adopt. And mm-hmm. I know that the balance there can be tough. So you have the balance of your son and then you adopt these two girls. Mm-hmm. How, how did you guys handle the struggles that may endure or incur between your son and now these adopted girls? It was interesting. Uh, in the early days, there really wasn't anything. I mean, he was all on board with it. I mean, Good. he loved having, I mean, he's always kind of loved babies anyway. Uh, but even when he was little, he did. Um, I, I don't mind telling this little story. It's not like it's not true. It is. Um, when he was five, I think, um, my youngest, Tatum, uh, was an infant then. And <clears throat> I guess we were all asleep and he must have heard her rustling around and he got up he went into her room got her out of the crib put her on the changing table like he'd seen us do so many times and changed her diaper we weren't there oh yeah i mean we saw him eventually we got up because he made enough noise we saw him at the table doing the changing and of course you know we kind of freaked out a little bit it's like oh my gosh what are you doing (laughs) you're picking her up that's i just wanted to help he just wanted to help Right. Which was great. It's like, okay. And then we had, of course, had to have a talk about, okay, what things are okay to talk about and for you to help with and what things is really for mom and dad to do that kind of stuff. But yeah, so early on, it really wasn't an issue later. Honestly, it's, he doesn't view them as adopted sisters. He views them as his sisters. And of course they have, you know, typical sibling stuff that happens. So honestly, if you didn't notice a difference in their skin color, you think, okay, yeah, there's brother and sisters and they're just acting like they act. That's cool. That's cool. Now, um, what kind of struggles did you guys face with them growing up? Because obviously, mm. obviously they're adopted. They're not your biological kids, but right. how did that, I mean, they, you adopted them as babies. So right. did they have questions? I mean, how did you guys handle yeah. those types of things? Uh, there were some questions. It's not that we've hidden anything from the girls other than the fact that they've never seen their birth mother. Mm. Um, once we adopted them, that, that wasn't going to happen. Um, there were lots of reasons for that, but, um, but we weren't going to do that. So they know her name. Um, now the unfortunate side is with Tatum, we don't know who her birth father is. We know who Andreas is, and he was in prison when we adopted her. So uh, that wasn't particularly great. But yeah, we've gotten some questions uh, from the girls. 
I ran into some situations. I don't know how many Kristen did, especially in the early days when the girls were really small. If I would have all the kids with me, like if we were going to the store, um, I people would say things kind of under their breath, mm. um, some very unkind things. But that was in the early days. Well, how did you how did you deal with that though? Well, first of all, these people thought I didn't hear them. And I did. And I thought, you know what? I could make a big stink about this, but what kind of example would that be for my kids? Now, I knew they didn't hear what the people said. And this happened a couple times. And they didn't hear it, so I didn't say anything. But later on, I told them about that happening, and I explained why I did what I did. Um, uh, more than anything else, uh, the, the thing that was the most disheartening is that at least the first time, the it was two ladies who said something, and they happened to be women of color who said something. Mm. And it, they actually said something very unflattering about my then wife. And mm. I wasn't particularly thrilled with that. But again, the kids didn't hear it. And so rather than draw attention to it, I just decided to kind of bypass it and move on. Um, but it provided a good opportunity for me to teach my kids to say, look, there are going to be times where there's going to be people who are going to say things about you, who are going to judge you for how you look, no matter what you do. And you have a choice in that moment. You can decide to listen to them and let it get to you. Or you can decide to just kind of say, okay, all they know about me is how I look. So that so the vast majority of who I am, they know nothing about. Mm. I don't care what they think because it's not going to change my life one bit. And that's kind of the, the lesson that I gave to my kids in that moment was to say, look, what they think isn't important. You need to worry about two people's opinion. You worry about what God thinks of you and what you think of you. Right. That's all that matters. All right. That's good. That's good. Uh, what kind of, uh, what kind of things do they have coming up? What, what, what goals, ambitions, things like that. We're into the new year now. So yeah. Uh, what are they, well, what are they, they looking forward to? What do they got going on? My oldest Ethan, he's 21. He goes to Kansas state university and he is studying cybersecurity. So he has another year and a half. So another three semesters left. So he's certainly looking forward to that. I think he has an internship this summer on campus where he's actually going to be able to start to apply some of the stuff he's learning in addition to his part-time job he has, which I know he's looking forward to. Um, my youngest daughter Tatum, uh, she is my entrepreneur. She has been for a long time. Uh, she's kind of taken after dad that way. Uh, at this point anyway, she's a sophomore in high school. She thinks she wants to go into college for business. Um, I'm not encouraging her necessarily, but I'm not discouraging her either. My my opinion, if she wants to go into if she wants to know about business, the best place for her to do that is to start her own. But right. that's just my opinion. And you don't have to go, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt to learn that. So <laughs> at least not from college anyway. <laughs> right. And my uh my middle daughter, um she has um She's been diagnosed with ADHD. Uh, she is on the autism spectrum, and she has a few other diagnoses. And so uh, she 
lives in a facility right now that's able to better cater to her needs and we're working toward trying to help her have a better life as she becomes an adult because she's 17. Mm. Mm. all right oh very cool um well what about you what's going on with you this year Uh, if my listeners want to look you up learn a little bit more about you best place to do that all that kind of stuff well just about any place anybody does social media Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn are the four main places you can find me. I'm just at John Hewlin, H-U-L-E-N. That's me. But as far as what I have coming up this year, um, again, I mentioned I'm working on the book. I've got a couple different um, mastermind groups that I'm starting here at the beginning of the year. The first one is for guys. It's to help guys get better in those six areas we were talking about so you can get better in your most significant relationships at home. And then we're going to talk about how to transition what we've learned into our business lives. That's what that particular group is about. The other mastermind group I'm starting is for folks who think they might want to start a business or who have been in business for about two years or less and they know their thing, they know their niche, but they don't necessarily know the business side of stuff very well. That's where it comes into play. And the great thing about both of these groups is I'm the facilitator, which means I'm not the talking head. I'm not doing all the talking. I'm bringing in experts to talk to folks about different things, different aspects to be able to help them get better. There will be an even number of people in each each of these groups because everyone's going to have an accountability partner to go along with that. Uh, They'll last about six months. And that way people, if they are ready to be done, they can off-ramp. If new people want to, they can come back on. So those are a few of the things I have going on this year, not to mention some of the other projects I'm working on, which are in development right now. And your podcast. Yes. My podcast is called Relationships and Revenue. Uh, And as you can tell by the title, that's what we talk about. Uh, We talk about how to get better in relationships and we talk about how to get better in business, uh, specifically targeting the entrepreneur. But the things we talk about don't apply exclusively to entrepreneurs. And the great thing about it is, Brian, although I started the podcast to help men, over half of my audience is women, Mm. which I love. I love that. I love that ladies are so interested in learning more about the men in their lives and how to understand them better, that they're going out of their way to seek out sources to help them do that. That's very cool. That's very cool. Well, listen, uh, first, thanks for, uh, you know, we kind of put this together short notice, um, but I'm glad he was able to jump on. So um, I appreciate who you are, brother. I appreciate things that you're doing. And I appreciate the fact you're able to come on the show with me. And uh, more importantly, I appreciate our friendship. So I'm looking forward to continuing our friendship. So thank you for being on my friend. Oh, I'm honored to be here. Thank you so much for asking me. Uh, I hope that I was able to provide maybe some, some laughter and some encouragement on our time here in any way that I can serve your audience, please have them reach out to me. If you folks decide to DM me, I am the one who responds to it. Nobody does that for me. So you speak directly to me. So I'd love to help you however I can. So thank you for having me today, Brian. Awesome. Well, thank you guys very much for another episode of Dad Up. Make sure you guys are checking out John Hewlin, all the stuff that he's doing. Get, in, get involved in his mastermind programs, check out his book when it comes out, make sure you guys are checking out the, the podcast and also interacting with him on social media. I know he's very active on there, but make sure you guys check him out. Um, and thank you guys again for listening, watching wherever you are. 
Make sure you guys subscribe the, uh, to my podcast, to my YouTube channel, and make sure you guys reach out to me on, you can even reach out to me on Instagram and let me know how, what you think of the show. But I look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode of Data. Thanks for listening to another episode of Data. Make sure you guys subscribe to my podcast and my YouTube channel. And do me a favor, leave me a rating and a review. We'd love to hear from you to see what you think of the show. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes coming up each and every week. Thank you for listening. This is Data. Up.